Have you ever doubted yourself when making a purchase? Have you ever wondered if the timing was right? These questions are extremely relevant in the technology sector and even more relevant when it comes to purchasing a video game console. It's been said that good things come to those who wait, but my big question is, does this hold true when making the plunge on a new next-gen console? Is it better to get in on the ground floor or does it make sense to wait? Now, obviously, when it comes to pricing, it makes sense to wait until the console gets a price drop along with internal improvements as these are bound to happen with things like quieter fans or hard drives that are less prone to failure. Saving money by waiting comes at the cost of missing out on a few things, but what I really want to know is when is the mathematical best time for buying a new console during its life cycle? And for the purpose of this analysis, I have chosen to use only the PS4 and the Xbox One data as it is the most readily available data in tandem with it being the most relevant. You know, keep in mind there is never a right or wrong time to buy a new console as there are benefits to buying early or benefits to waiting. This is the Video Games Podcast, and if you want to go through the numbers with me, then hopefully we can find out when the best time to buy your next-gen console will be. There are very clear benefits to buying early, like being able to experience every game as soon as it comes out and to enjoy the power of the console as it is constantly outdating itself every day. Buying early isn't all good news though, as you will be paying the peak price for the console as well as being around for all of the growing pains. However, waiting until later, you would be getting the inverse benefits of buying early as you would expect. You wouldn't be taking advantage of the system's power at its peak, but you would have access to a deeper library of games that would likely be at a reduced cost and properly patched if you don't mind missing the conversation. Companies need early adopters as having consumers early drives improvement. The company gets access to feedback which is then implemented to attract more buyers. It also ensures that the company sees enough positive results that they have the ability to continue to support the product. We've seen many times over the past 30 years that without support, these companies will pivot elsewhere. The end goal was to see if there was mathematically an opportune time to purchase either the PS5 or the Xbox Series X based on the history of the two previous consoles, a time that takes full advantage of the lowest price possible on the console when weighed against the best exclusive games for each system. Let's see if we can figure it out. One of the primary pillars of my research was price specifically the cost of the console when it launched compared to how often and how deep the price drops were. In 2013, the Xbox One and the PS4 launched a week apart, but the main difference was price. The Xbox One, although weaker from a power standpoint, launched $100 more expensive. The Xbox One launched at $499 US due to the inclusion of the Kinect 2.0 which Microsoft knows all too well now, shouldn't have been forced upon the consumer. I think a lot of people tend to look back on the Xbox One era with, well, whatever the opposite of rose-colored glasses are. Tinted glasses? Either way, the main story that hangs around the head of Xbox is that it had no exclusives. But during the first three years, the Xbox One started off with some fantastic gaming experiences and could be argued was the better place for overall exclusives early on. Experiences like Titanfall, Rise of the Tomb Raider, Sunset Overdrive, and even Halo Master Chief Collection despite its matchmaking issues. 
The Xbox One also featured three Forza games in the first three years, an amazing indie experience with Ori in the Blind Forest, and Halo 5, which did have the opposite problem of the Master Chief Collection, as it had super crisp competitive multiplayer, but a lackluster campaign. The PS4 had some great games in the first three years, with titles like Bloodborne and Until Dawn, but it just didn't have the quantity and the quality that Microsoft had early on. Looking back through the years on paper, it seems clear that around the fourth year is where Sony really hit its stride and never looked back. Not only did Sony's quality exclusives start improving, but they also started increasing the quantity. Riding high on the heels of 2015 standouts such as Bloodborne and Until Dawn, PlayStation followed up with some genre-defining games such as Uncharted 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, and Spider-Man. Without a doubt, PlayStation may have started a little slower than Xbox with high-quality exclusive games, but somewhere around the time of late 15, it became a very one-sided competition. At the end of the Xbox 360 era, Kinect saw some pretty great success, which caused Microsoft to double down on the experiment. In early 2013, before the launch of the Xbox One, Microsoft announced that the Kinect had sold more than 24 million units worldwide, and considering that at the same time, it was announced that the Xbox 360 had sold 76 million, this means that almost a third of the console owners own the Kinect. And it's very clear to see why Microsoft was in full support of the Kinect 2.0 being the future with success like it saw with the original Kinect. Now hindsight is 2020, and clearly that was a mistake, but I think with some better games, better messaging, or better implementation, history could be very different. Although it did seem like Xbox has become a better company due to the failures of the Xbox One. In 2014, just one year after the launch of the Xbox One, Microsoft removed the Kinect as a pack-in and reduced the price of $399 to match Sony. Unfortunately, the majority of the damage was done and would continue to haunt Xbox for the rest of the generation. Matching the price of PlayStation wasn't good enough though, as Microsoft needed to go above and beyond Sony. Xbox once again dropped their price at the beginning of 2015 to $349. Now either Sony saw Microsoft making inroads with the price drop, or they saw their own sales getting stagnant and followed suit by reducing the price of the PS4 for the first time since launch to $349 in October of 2015, almost a full year after Microsoft's second price drop. Microsoft lost the edge that it needed, but at this point, price was not only the glaring issue as exclusives began to trickle out, causing the company to drop the price twice in 2016. The first was in March of 2016 to 299 and then once again in July to 249 but thankfully, this was the bottom floor for Xbox One as the console has remained at an MSRP of 249 until this day, not including bundles or promotions. Four price drops in three years is almost unheard of, and although price drops are good for potential buyers... How many early Xbox One buyers felt burned if they purchased prior to any of these numerous price drops? This ruins a lot of the goodwill for your customer base. Sony only dropped their price once more in 2016 as well to the price of $299, where it also has remained until this day. 
and this meant that PlayStation would only have two permanent price drops compared to Xbox and their four permanent price drops. Now that all of the data has been collected, the purpose is to pinpoint when the perfect time to buy the next-gen console is, based on price, price drops, exclusive games, and their respective scores. Now, unfortunately, this isn't the most black and white answer as I was hoping for, but there are a few key areas that can be seen using this data. There are two times when purchasing a new console presents itself as the best opportunity. One is the best value and that is where price is at its lowest and the gaming scores are at their highest. And the second would be providing the best experience and that would be the intersection at which pricing is descending with the gaming scores while they're ascending. For Xbox, the best value for the system happened around 36 to 40 months into the console's life cycle, and it's worth noting that the Xbox One had dropped its price four times at the three-year marker. It was also producing some high-quality exclusives with a decent library at this point, and its pricing was near the lowest that it would be. In terms of the best experience for Xbox, the point at which gaming intersects with pricing happens between 12 to 14 months, and this was in large part thanks to a near-immediate price drop with the removal of the Kinect. When looking at PlayStation, things are slightly different due to their slower start with their higher rated exclusives and their initial lower price overall, which led to less frequent and less significant price drops. For the best experience when quality intersects with price, this happens around 20 to 24 months in. In terms of best value for the PlayStation, this happens much later in the life cycle due to their near static price. In terms of hard data, you're looking at around 60 to 62 months for the best value when pricing it as its lowest and gaming average is at its highest. Although the data is there, the big question is why would you want to wait so long to enjoy what these systems have to offer? Even though you would have the benefit of working through the excellent backlog each of these systems offered, the more likely answer is that you wouldn't have time to do that unless you had zero responsibilities. And if that's the case, then maybe gaming isn't where your focus should be. I will always be a day one console consumer if I am able to get my hands on one, but I am very aware that typical launch lineups are not excellent and it takes a while before studios are able to put out some true next-gen gameplay that actually justifies the early adoption. I think the best answer using the data for when you should be buying your PS5 or your Xbox Series X will happen when you take the average time for best experience from the two system and this works out to 17.5 months. Around 17.5 months into the life cycle, quality games are released more frequently, which you will have the ability to keep up with, and a price drop should be happening around this time frame. However, if you're like me, you can't wait to buy the Xbox Series X and or the PlayStation 5. But if you're looking for the mathematical best time to purchase your next-gen console, then the numbers say to wait about a year and a half. That's going to be all for this week's discussion on the Video Games Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed and maybe even learned something. And if you aren't subscribed to the podcast, then please consider as it's free. Also, a major way to help is by giving us a positive rating or a review. It really helps with the algorithms if you think it's worthy. One of my favorite times is when new consoles get released as the horizon is full of new possibilities, but it's important to remember that gaming is supposed to be fun, so get rid of the toxicity, be nice to your fellow gamer, and more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. 